Westchester Talk Radio is broadcasting live. News, trends, and more. No one knows Westchester County better than we do. We are Westchester Talk Radio. Good day. Welcome to Westchester Talk Radio, westchestertalkradio.com. I'm John Marino. We are produced by Shark Creative, made possible by Robeson Oil, the house that service built by Lipolis Electric. Don't be left in the dark. Get Lipolis by Hightower Westchester, managing your wealth to a fiduciary standard up and down the Hudson Valley and by White Plains Hospital. Also by Michael Labriola, landscape design and construction of our monk, and by Tompkins Mayo Pack Bank. Coming up on November 17th at Glen Island Harbor Club, the famed Glen Island Harbor Club in New Rochelle, we'll have the class of 2021 inducted into the Westchester Sports Hall of Fame. It's a class of five, including New Rochelle greats, Ray Rice from New Rochelle High, the football field, Rutgers University, and a Super Bowl champion with the Baltimore Ravens of the NFL. Basketball legend Kent Washington at New Rochelle, also at Southampton College on Long Island and overseas in Poland and Sweden in the 70s and 80s. Historic New York State and Westchester softball coach, Joan Spedafino from Rynek High School in Mamaroneck. Also, too, Dave Salazzo, Harrison football great, and Lou DeMello. Lou DeMello joins us today. Lou DeMello, one of the legendary basketball coaches and most important figures in the history of the round ball in Westchester in the state of New York, will be inducted into the Hall of Fame on November 17th. In the Rochelle at Glen Island. Lou DeMello, we welcome you to the sports report here on Westchester Talk Radio. First of all, congratulations on your selection for the Hall of Fame. Thank you so much. I appreciate you guys having me on. What did it feel like when you got the call that told you you're in? Uh, it was a great honor, and uh, I happened to know some of the people on the committee and uh, been involved with them in the past with uh, with basketball and some other sports. And uh, I was really, really excited, excited for my family and, and, and happy that uh, I'm going to have the opportunity to see some of my old friends uh, and some past uh, classmates and former uh, teammates and some former coaches that I uh, coached with and coached alongside with. And uh, it's a uh, Truly, truly, really, really should be, and hopefully it will be a great, great night for us. And you'll be running into, I guess, some former rivals too, right? Uh, I'm sure, yes. I'm sure uh-huh. I will. Lou DeMello, were you born in Mount Vernon? You're a product of the school system in Mount Vernon. No, I was actually born in South America. I was born in Brazil. I came here when I was five years old and uh, moved into Mount Vernon and uh Went through the school system uh, in uh, really, really small, little, small town. Got to know many, many people. And uh, because of sports, uh, uh, kept me busy and kept me out of trouble. And uh, once I took a liking to a certain sport, basketball, uh, it kind of just took off and got me uh, involved in it uh, in a way where I haven't worked a day in my life. (laughs) You know, Lou, you talk about basketball and how your legend in basketball was built. We'll get into that. But before that, 
and you being of Brazilian background kind of makes sense. You were a big star in high school in a different sport. Yeah, I actually played uh, two years of basketball at Mount Vernon. And I, while I was playing basketball uh, at the lower levels, JV for two years, uh, I my second year, uh, a couple of buddies had asked me to go ahead and play soccer. And I really didn't have much interest in it. And it was kind of overlapping with basketball. And I decided to, by the end of my uh, freshman year to go ahead and give it a try. And uh, and it just, I kind of started getting involved with uh, some uh, the varsity level players I became close friends with. And there was a really good nucleus of uh, uh, some Italians, uh, Portuguese, some, a few Jamaicans, and uh, you can see that there was going to be a special group there if everybody stuck together. And our uh, high school coaches uh, made sure of that. And the next thing you know, I'm playing uh, three years of varsity uh, soccer. And uh, by the time I got into my uh, junior year, uh, you know, we, uh, we we had a special group of, of players, and I. Uh, I had uh, a pretty good uh, soccer career at, uh, at Mount Vernon. You were the Pele of Mount Vernon, right? Um, I hold a few records. Uh, they're yet to be broken. I was hoping through, because there is a large, you know, uh, Hispanic, uh, Brazilian, and Portuguese population in Mount Vernon. I figured those records will be long gone, but uh, I still hold a few records, uh, uh, most goals in, in a season. Uh, most goals in the game, most total points. I was the MVP of the county my junior year and, and my senior year. We won the sectionals. I was the MVP of the sectional finals. We we beat a nationally ranked uh, Arlington High School, which is a powerhouse in soccer here in the uh, in the area. Mm -hmm. and Up in Dutchess them, County, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, it was uh, it was a great year to finish out my high school career. Uh, you know uh, that final game. You were a Section 1 champion, all-county soccer player, Mount Vernon High School. You led Westchester in goals as a junior and a senior, 36 as a junior, 34 as a senior, and you scored six goals in a game. How is that possible? Uh, yeah, that I actually did that my junior year, and I did that my senior year. I did it against a really good high school team, White Plains High School. Uh, I think we beat them 10-2. to two. And uh, I also uh, did it my senior year. I think it was Lincoln High School. Uh, it was a Yonkers school that uh, we did it. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it, like I said, I had some players behind me that played uh, in the midfield that would really, really talented players would just distribute the ball into open space. I, I had, you know, quick feet and pretty quick uh, player. Thanks, thanks. And I would get – yeah, and I would, you know, I – I used my speed and uh, kind of uh, my players knew exactly where to place the, the, the ball in open space. And it made it that easier, that much easier for me to, 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 to accomplish that kind of, uh, you know, which is rare. That's five, six goals in, in a game is, is not an easy beat, you know, no. but uh, it was uh, it, it was a special day. It's still a record at the school. And uh, 36 goals is still a record. I actually, the, the gentleman who had the record, uh, an Italian guy, Ralph, I forget his last name, but he had the record in 76, I think it was. Uh, he had 32 goals was the school record. 
and the poor guy didn't hold it for much. <laughs> I broke it by the two years later with the 36 goals. And in my senior year, I scored 34, and I was being double team and triple team pretty much. I actually, I, I was more proud of my 34 goals because of how I was being defended and how the game plan was to, you know, to run two, three players at me at all times. Mm -hmm. uh, and in soccer, uh, when you don't have much space, it's really difficult to, to put offensive, uh, you know, have offensive success. I watched Isaiah Boyles of Irvington High score three goals in a game just a few days ago at Irvington in a quarterfinals a sectional matchup, a Class B matchup where Irvington defeated Edgemont of Scarsdale by a score of four to one. Isaiah had three goals and an assist. And just to watch him score those three goals, you know how tough one is in soccer. Two, yeah, three, that's really hard to do. And he gave a kind of a European and South American soccer player gesture to the crowd, pulled up his shirt after the hat trick, started running at the home side, the home crowd there over at Irvington. It was quite a sight to see, but six goals in a game, that's something that may never, ever be broken, no doubt about that. So you moved on to Manhattan College from Mount Vernon High School, and you continue to excel in soccer. That is, yeah, that is correct. Uh, I was majoring in physical education, minor in health, and uh, went there to play soccer. And uh, uh, believe it or not, a lot of the players that I competed against uh, from Yonkers High School, White Plains High School, Mamaronic, a lot of them attended uh, uh, Manhattan. And, uh, and we played in the MAC conference. Uh, we our schedule was just uh, just over the top because of the uh, the Big East uh, teams that played here in the metropolitan area. So we'd go up against the Seton Halls, the St. John's, uh, Providence, and schools like that, along with the MAC uh, schedule. And uh, you know it, it was difficult to, to to accumulate wins at Manhattan. Uh, but I had some success in, in, in scoring goals. Uh, my career had a few hat tricks, a couple of two goal games, uh, no, no six goal games. So it's a little, it's a little, little different level. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Has anyone but, ever uh, scored six in a college game that you know of? I, I, not that I know of. No. Uh, Maybe I had, a, I, had a, I had a few hat tricks that I would probably I had a hat trick against Fordham, hat trick against uh, Maris. Uh, in, a, in a Mac, uh, and I was really, really happy about that because uh, those were some pretty good teams. Maybe Freddie Adu might have done it had he turned, had he not turned pro at the age of 14, yeah. a number of years back now, had he gone to college here, he might have been the guy to score six or more in a game. Yeah, he was very, very, very talented. Yep. Lou DeMello, Legendary high school basketball coach and also a legendary high school soccer player here in Westchester, Lou DeMello. Sports Report, Westchester Talk Radio. He'll be inducted into the Westchester Sports Hall of Fame on Wednesday, November 17th over at Glen Island in New Rochelle. Hope you can be on hand with us, too. Lou, there was a sharp shift in your career path from soccer to basketball. How did you get into coaching hoops? Um, I actually played basketball uh, living in Mount Vernon. I mean, it's religion. I mean, that's just. Right. And Everybody I, uh, plays I in Mount Vernon. Yeah, I was a member of the Southside Boys Club. Uh, I lived on the North Side, but I was a member of the Southside Boys Club. And I um, 
played at the uh, at the Southside Boys Club. The, the uh, travel team there was called the Sonics, and most of the players that uh, attended uh, and were going to play at Mount Vernon High School eventually all played with the Sonics. And uh, I played on that team from the time I was sixth grade through ninth grade. And the gentleman who coached there, Calvin, and uh, and uh, his uh, brother who uh, ran the uh, – Jimmy Jones who ran the Southside Boys Club, um, just made basketball, like, really, really serious, and you had to be committed. And I kind of got to that point where I wanted to do that and uh, walked into the high school uh, my freshman year and sophomore year, got an opportunity to play there. My high school coach, actually, and at that at that time, he was not the varsity coach, he was the JV coach, was Tony Farentino, who also was inducted in, into the Western Sports Hall of Fame. Yes, uh, and obviously he had a great coaching career at on the varsity level with Mount Vernon. But the group that I was with, uh, that group was the first group that he actually coached at the varsity level, the McCrays, um, the Joe Palmer, um, Roy Smith, players like that. Roy, Roy Smith is one of my best friends uh-huh. growing up. We were really, really close friends. And um, we, uh, I got to play those two years, and that team there was just so, so top-heavy with tremendous guards. Uh, uh, and uh, Tony Taylor, who was, uh, I think he went to Rhode Island. They, they had numerous high-level Division One players. And uh, so my two-year run ended. I continued to play soccer. And then uh, when I uh, finished at Manhattan, it was an opening at Mount Vernon as an assistant. And uh, Tony actually helped me, Farentino actually helped me get the job because the head coach there was Marshall Reef. And right. Marshall was one of his lower level coaches. And I assisted uh, Marshall for two years. We went on a, on a state run with, uh, with a fairly young group of kids. They were all sophomores and juniors. Uh, Rasul Salahuddin, uh, Dean, Dean uh, Marshman, uh, uh, Pritchett. A number of kids that were all juniors and sophomores. And we, we made a nice little run with them. And then, but I was, I was waiting on a teaching job in Mount Vernon. And uh, nothing had opened up yet. And, and there was an opening at Rice High School. I was teaching at Rice High School in Harlem. And uh, the basketball coach there was for, there for maybe 15 years. And he just got his law degree and he was leaving. He was a basketball coach, athletic director, and a history teacher. So I, um, the uh, administrators had asked if I would be interested in move, moving over and coaching at, at the school. And I, at first I said no, because I wanted to stay at Mount Vernon. I lived in Mount Vernon. I wanted to, 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 to eventually, you know, teach and coach there. And uh, making a long story short, they uh, offered me the AD's job, offered me a few more uh, positions that would take my salary and my coaching money and make it close to a, a public school salary job uh, salary. And I ended up taking the job. It was, uh, at the time, that league, the Catholic League, was considered the, the best league in the country. When it, As it still is today. The best yeah, still the best yeah, they, yeah, it's still one of the top in the country. And, um, and Rice was always in the middle to the bottom of the pack in that. They have never won a state championship. It's hard to believe they had some really talented players before I got there, but they've never, never won a, a state championship, never won a national 
prep tournament in any uh, state that they participated in. So uh, it was a it was a challenge. I, I I took that challenge on, and I wanted to to take that program and 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 you know try to make it a like Christ the King and like a a St. Raymond's type, a Malloy High School type school, and it was considered you know uh, the smallest high school boys high school in in the uh, in the Catholic League. We only had 300 boys in the school, but we played in Double A. In the, in the big boys league, you know. During Lou DeMello's time at Rice High School in Manhattan, his contributions to the game, endless. For example, Lou DeMello, what he did over at Rice High School. Rice went on a dramatic run to capture the CHSAA, New York City and New York State Federation Championship. The Federation Championship pits the Catholic League champion against the public schools champion from New York State. Also under Lou, Rice High was ranked nationally four years in a row. They won numerous high school prep basketball tournaments and, of course, sent many a student athlete on to play college basketball, some of whom wound up in the NBA. Lou's contributions to the game of basketball locally throughout Westchester and the tri-state area and nationally to are countless, but one of the most memorable things Lou DeMello did was to, and we've got to call you this, you are the father of, you became the father of the slam dunk tournament at the Westchester County Center in White Plains, which still exists today. You were the brainchild, the brainchild, the brain trust behind putting it all together. Tell us how all of that came about and how the slam dunk tournament became what it is. Yes. Yeah, so um, I had was coaching at Rice High School at the time. And uh, Joe Stout, uh, deputy commissioner for Parks and Rec, who was a, a basketball fanatic, had attended a few Rice High School St. Raymond's games, uh, which were during that time were just, you know, there were the show in, in, in the metropolitan area as far as high school uh, basketball games. My brother and, was uh, at Raymond's at that time. Matter of fact, brother and a cousin, and I had a cousin at Rice at that time too. So, oh, oh my goodness! Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so you're you're well aware of what those games were like. Yes. Uh, you know, at at certain point in those games, you had ten Division One players. You know, few mm-hmm. future Division One players on the floor playing, um, and uh, a few M- future NBA players. Anyway, so uh, Joe. Um, being a, an avid basketball fan uh, and, and being involved in the parks and rec and, and then the county and has this gorgeous facility, uh, the county center, uh, had asked about, uh, you know, the possibilities of uh, running something there because he noticed that uh, I was uh, taking Rice High School teams and attending these national prep tournaments. We had gone to Hawaii, Florida, North Carolina, Vegas, California. Every year on my schedule, he would look on the schedule and see that uh, we were ha- attending three or four national tournaments. And he'd ask how it was done and blah, blah, blah. And I would fill him in and explain to him that, uh, you know, y- y- you bring in marquee teams together that are, uh, you know, nationally ranked and they you usually have uh, really, really good uh, local teams compete against those teams. And Joe had said, well, I, I want something like that to be done at the county center. So uh, I don't know how I 
was able to find the time because I was so, so busy with, with my basketball program and, and working and teaching at Rice. Uh, but we got like uh, the first year uh, underway and it was uh, just one day and we had a number of boys teams uh, and then it went from one day to two days and then it grew to, you know, a four day event and girls uh, challenge games and girls tournament as well. And uh, here it is 22 years later and we're still running it. Uh, we've had some, you know, uh, uh, the ball was tossed up at a, in, a, in a final game. There was a seven foot two player jumping ball against a seven four player. Uh, uh, we, we had Old Kill Academy at the time was number one uh, boys team, high school, right. prep school team in the country. And at the same time, we had the number one girls team from uh, Narbonne, Carson, Narbonne, California. Uh, they, uh, they came in as the number one girls high school team in the country, and they had five Division One players. And, uh, and we've had tremendous local uh, talent participate in it. I, I, think, uh, I think we have something like 80% of Section 1 teams have participated in it at some point whether a challenge game or in tournament play. Uh, a lot of the local uh, teams that have had uh, tremendous success pretty much year in and year out, like a White Plains, uh, have pretty much played in it, uh, not every year, but uh, consistently. Most years, White Plains, yeah. Yeah, yeah, most years. And uh, it's, it's my favorite time of the year. It's uh, a model and, uh, that I think, too, has been used around the country for basketball tournaments on the high school level and even on the college level to some extent because you see so many games now before divisional and conference play in college of teams that would not normally face each other, yet we have all these tournaments around the country and out on the islands and even around the world in some places too now where our college teams go compete against each other, against teams they would not normally compete against. And you could say a lot of this goes back to what Lou DeMello did, putting together the slam dunk tournament in White Plains at the county center more than 20 years ago. Yeah, it, it like I said, so rewarding. Uh, there's been a number of players that went on to play in the NBA, w, WNBA. Uh, I mean, numerous Division One players, Division Two players, and there's been uh, a lot of collegiate coaches who attend, who come and and scout and 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 uh, look at some of these players that uh, we have in one building over the course of three, four days, and some of them walk out with the uh, interests of three or four players that. Uh, you know, that they would have had probably to go to attend four or five different high schools, different high schools, different locations to get to see them play. So there's a, uh, you know, something that's positive about that as well. Uh, kids get recruited out of the uh, out of those games. Mm-hmm. I've had the chance a few times to work public address at some of the games during the slam dunk tournament at the county center. And it's amazing to see all these teams come together from so many different places, even around section one, all these teams who would not usually play each other. There they are on the court in white plains during the slam dunk tournament. And for each of these players, a lot of them, I guess, look at it like a once in a lifetime opportunity to go up against this other team that we may never ever see again. And you do want to put your best foot forward at the County center during the slam dunk tournament, because there happen to be so many scouts watching too. 
Very true. Very true. And I tell you, the staff and the Parks and Rec uh, organizers that are involved with uh, putting this together, because it's a tremendous, it's not something that you just can just do overnight. I mean, it takes some timing and some, some, some people need to organize it. Uh, the programs are done first class and, um, uh, it's, it, it makes it that much easier. You know, mm-hmm. I, I think I got the easiest part. I mean, I got to go find some talent, some teams and, and make some connections and former, former people that I've had uh, dealings with, whether coaching against or become friends with because of the basketball fraternity. And, um, and, uh, that, that to me, that's the easy part. And the people that are behind the scenes, they're the ones who should get all the credit. They, they they do a tremendous job when they put an event together there at the county center. And by the way, you mentioned our good friend Joe Stout, who at that time was the deputy parks commissioner. He rose to become the parks commissioner, parks and recreation in Westchester. And that department now headed up by Kathleen O'Connor. Joe Stout is one of the driving forces behind the Westchester Parks Foundation and Westchester Parks and Recreation, in conjunction with the Parks Foundation, helped put together the Hall of Fame event every year, too. So we all have a connection around here in Westchester, I guess. Right, Lou? Very true. Very true. No question about that. When you were at Rice during your years at Rice High School, you also put together a number of clinics besides tournaments, a lot of showcase events, and like you said, able to bring together top basketball talent, both Male and female, boys and girls, and all the best coaches around, too. Eventually, all this added up for you to be inducted into the New York State Basketball Hall of Fame. You were selected for induction in 2020. I guess that actual ceremony has not happened as of yet? It has not. And uh, they have a rescheduled date for uh, March, the end of March of uh, 22, coming up. and. uh, up in Cliff Falls, I look forward to it. Uh, it's during the uh, state uh, playoff final weekend, final four. So hopefully it'll take place and I'll get to watch uh, some really good competitive high school basketball while I'm up in Glen Falls as well. Lou DeMello, you will be inducted into the Westchester Sports Hall of Fame on Wednesday, November 17th at Glen Island Harbor Club in New Rochelle. If you would like to attend the event with us that night, call the Westchester County Department of Parks, Recreation, and Conservation, 914-231-4500, 914-231-4500. Find out more, get your tickets, and we hope to see you on the night of November 17th. That's a Wednesday over in New Rochelle at Glen Island Harbor Club for the induction of the class of 2021, a five-member group, including the legendary high school basketball coach from Rice High, and he had a pretty darn good soccer career at Mount Vernon High School before that, the one and only Lou DeMello. Lou, you are a national basketball and sports icon. Congratulations on your selection for the state Basketball Hall of Fame and the Westchester Sports Hall of Fame. We'll see you on November 17th. Looking forward to it, Lou. Thank you so much, and I appreciate this very much. Thank you. Thank you, Lou DeMello. We'll see you on November 17th. I'm John Marino. This is the Sports Report here on Westchester Talk Radio, produced by Shark Creative, made possible by Robeson Oil, the house that service built. 
Also buy Lipolis Electric. Don't be left in the dark. Get Lipolis by Hightower Westchester, managing your wealth to a fiduciary standard. By White Plains Hospital, by Michael Labriola, landscape design and construction of Armonk, and by Tompkins Mayo Pack Bank. Catch all of our Westchester, Rockland, Putnam and Duchess, Orange, and Fairfield County talk radio programming on our YouTube channel, Shark Creative YouTube, and also catch all of our programming on our app. Take it with you anywhere and everywhere you go now. Yes, we have an app, and you go download it right now if you have not. It is called Westchester Talk. You're listening to Westchester Talk Radio. Powered by Shark Media, a division of Shark Creative. And made possible by Entergy, Indian Point Energy Center. Visit safesecurevinyl.com. 